Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Okuo. I'm so glad to be back with you once again to continue in our series called Inspect Yourself. So in this series, we've been going through all kinds of introspection. We've been taking a look at how we have been put together by God, the different things that he has put within us, and how we've been given even more because of Jesus and who he is. Now, in addition to taking a look at what we have, we've also been looking at how we can use what we have. And so today will be no different. So before we get any further into this message, let's just go ahead and pray. So we just pray, Jesus, we ask that you'd be speaking to us today. We ask that you would show us all the different ways that you've put us together, that you would show us all the different things that you want us to see today and how we can use them in the best way possible for you. We thank you for everything and we love you and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So growing up, I had this best friend, his name is Robbie, and we used to hang out all the time, like every single summer, all through the winter, like every single day I got, I was probably at Robbie's house. Now, in addition to being my best friend, like I said, I was at his house a bunch, and he had one of the coolest setups around. One of the parts of it was that he had a pool and a hot tub in his backyard, and it was one of those like in-ground pools and tubs, the tub's higher, and it'll like flow into the, to the pool. And so we would do this thing that every year when it got really, really cold, a bunch of us would jump into the freezing pool. What I learned how to do is I would dive into the pool on one side and then stay underwater and come up and just pop up right on the other side so I could jump out and immediately jump into the hot tub. The pool was both exhilarating and terrifying at the same time when it hit my body. Now today might be a little bit like that for some of you. We're gonna take a look at what could be some of the most challenging pieces of scripture that we have read in this series. Today, Paul might be calling out a piece of your life and you might feel the shock of that cold water in the same way. But also, he's going to have some of that warm, comfy water waiting for you to jump into also. And I say that because this has definitely challenged me as I've been going through it. And that's the basic idea of what we're going to be looking at this week. We're going to be taking a look at how Paul, the, the Apostle Paul, breaks down these ideas of, of, of really tough ideas in a letter that God inspired him to write to his friends at the church at Ephesus. Now, remember last week, we read that Paul was telling us that we need to take off our old nature. We need to put down the ways that we were doing wrong and step into the new nature that had been given to us when we started to believe in Jesus. That's what Paul talked about last week. This week, he's building off of this, that idea. This week, he is leading us through what we do once we start to put on that new nature. Here's how Paul starts it off. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Imitate God. Therefore, when Paul says this, he's basically saying, imitate God because of all the stuff we just got done talking about. Because of everything I just wrote, you should be imitating God in everything you do. And then he takes it a step further. 
and says to imitate God like dear children imitate parents. Now, for those of you that have kids, just start thinking about all the ways that they used to imitate you when they were small. All the ways that they used to make the same silly sounds that you would make, right? Like you would make a sound and then they would make it and it was just this great, like, enjoy me, enjoying moment, right? That you would just enjoy and have fun with. I mean, how would they imitate those words that you were saying, right? Those things that you did, those weird sounds that you would make. Now, one of the things I remember while I was growing up was that my dad and grandpa used to read the newspaper all the time, especially the sports section. So before I even knew how to read, I would wait until they were done with the paper, and then I would pick it up and open it up and start looking at it like I was reading the paper. Even though I didn't fully understand what was happening, when I put myself in that position, I was a child doing my best to follow the examples that had been left for me. So in the same way, we should be following the example of Jesus. There is no better example to follow than that. Then there's also some very practical steps that Paul gives us. He says, just like Jesus, live your life filled with love. Just like Jesus, love others. Just like Jesus, offer yourself as a sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Wait, what was that last part that Paul snuck in? Follow the example of Jesus, and then Paul finishes with the sacrifice. And this actually connects back to something that Jesus said before. We read this earlier this year in one of the series that we were going through. Here's what Jesus explained. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So for us to live a life following the example of Jesus, we need to be sacrificing ourselves for others. So much so that it is pleasing to God. And when Paul mentions this kind of sacrifice, he calls it a pleasing aroma to God. And that calls back to when burnt offerings were one of the ways that people would do things before Jesus. The way that it worked was that the person uh, that made the sacrifice did it to restore the relationship with God and to atone for some sort of sin that they committed in their life. The animal for this sacrifice could be a young bull, a lamb, a goat, a turtle dove, or a young pigeon, but it had to be a perfect and complete specimen. So the person bringing the animal would walk it up to the priest and place a hand on it. So when they placed a hand on it, it would signify that this animal was taking on the wrath of God for the sin that was committed. The animal would then be killed, skinned, and then burned at the altar. So the pleasing aroma would be the smell of the burning animal, which might sound weird, but if you've ever been outside and you smell your neighbor barbecuing next door, that's the pleasing aroma. So this aroma, this sacrifice of something perfect and complete, being sacrificed, is pleasing to God, which is what Jesus did for us when he laid down his life, when he sacrificed his life for us. So right here, Paul is allowing you to sit in the hot tub. Enjoy the warmth of understanding that Jesus loved us so much. He lived a life of love. Follow this warm example. Nice, warm, awesome hug. Then it's back to the cold water. Jesus sacrificed himself for us on the altar, the same way that that brisket got burned up and smells amazing, but there was a cost which is what you're supposed to do, which is what I'm supposed to do. That's cold, Paul. 
So to make sure Paul drives this idea home that we're supposed to follow the example of Jesus, he shows us some things that we need to avoid. Here comes the cold water for some of us. Paul writes, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Now, when you look at the translation of this first part where it talks about sexual immorality and impurity and greed, you got to understand the depth that it means in all three of these. Because these three, are all, these three things are all kind of together and linked across. It starts with the sexual immorality, which has this kind of impurity, which might be better translated to unclean, which is the kind of unclean that the Jewish people looked at non-Jewish people during that time, right? Like when you came in contact with it, you were completely uh, contaminated. And then you connect that to greed. So Paul could be speaking of a person that has a sexual immorality that makes them unclean, but also... They love it and they can't get enough of it because they have this greed for it. It's like an addiction. Any level of any one of these three things that he mentions can take us down a path that we shouldn't be on. But to make a point, he's linking these three things together to show us exactly how bad this can get. He's explaining that these things have no place with the people of God. Remember the sacrifices for the burnt offerings were perfect and complete specimens. And Paul is telling us here that if we are engaging in these activities, no matter at what level, we are falling short of that kind of specimen that Jesus was for us. We are falling short of the example that Jesus gave to us. This is the exact opposite of what life was in Jesus' life. This is exactly the opposite of how he lived his life. Because all of these things point back to ourselves. They all point back to how we want to feel and what we want in that moment. None of these things are about other people. Remember, Jesus lived his life loving others and thinking about the Father in heaven. That's it. And then Paul continues to walk us down the path of things that we should avoid. Obscene stories, really obscenity stories. Curse-filled stories, foolish talk. This was like a euphemism for lewd stories and coarse jokes, which is also like lewd jokes, right? Dirty jokes. The good thing is that Paul gives us an out in this. He gives us the way that we can combat all of these things. He says, instead of the cursing and the bad stories and the dirty jokes, we should be thankful. Thankful to God for everything that he has given us. We should focus on the good parts of our life and spend time with that, and they will naturally push away the bad stuff. This isn't about holding our breath with the bad things until they go away. We have to replace that stuff with something better. And Jesus actually describes this exact thing. Here's how the historian Luke recorded it. Jesus said, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So the reason that we find ourselves cursing or telling these jokes or stories is because of what we are putting in our hearts. The reason that all of this stuff comes out is because of what we are putting in. 
Now, I'm not shocked that when I used to jump into a cold pool, that when I got out, I was freezing, right? I just put my body through that experience, and that was expected. And the same thing should go for us. When we place ourselves in these situations, our brains, our bodies are going to produce these natural reactions. So stuff is going to come out of our hearts in the same way that we put in there. So Paul is telling us to fill our hearts with a thankfulness. Then we will see an overflow of that in our lives. Now, I'm not saying that you have to turn off your TVs and radios and, and, and phones off immediately. Well, I hope not because you're probably watching me right now or listening to me right now. But what I am telling you is that you should get more God in your life. Then allow that to push out anything that needs to get pushed out. For me, recently, I found myself in what I would call a spiritual funk. I was frustrated with where I was spiritually. Putting together a message for y'all was a chore. It was hard. It wasn't fun or life-giving. I would regularly find myself nearly in tears and frustration, trying to grind out something new. Well, I had to take a look at my life. I had to figure out what I was doing because that had not been the case before. I had to figure out what had changed. And when I looked at it, I, I learned that my God times had shrunk. And my time doing everything else jumped up. My social media time, my video game time, uh, watching TV shows and movies, they were all at their highest levels they had been at for years. So I had to change that. And one of the biggest things I changed was something that was actually kind of easy. Normally when I woke up in the morning, the first thing I would do to wake myself up was look at my phone and open up Instagram and just mindlessly scan until my brain kind of kicked in. Well, I changed that. I mean, I still got out my phone, but I made it a rule for myself that I couldn't do social media until I did my daily reading of the Bible. And then I did some praying. I couldn't get into anything else before that. I feel like making that minor adjustment helped open up my brain to take on the rest of my day, the rest of my week. And all of a sudden, I'm, I have more fulfilling God times. I was ready to take on my weeks. I had something overflowing from God and into the sermons. It was life-giving. It was fun again. So if you feel like you need to make a change, I want you to know that it doesn't have to be drastic. You can start with something small and then allow things to move from there. And this isn't the only reason we need to change some of the things that we are doing in our lives. Paul has more to share. Brace for the cold water. Here's what he writes. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Okay, this is not easy to hear, and I get that. This is not the warm water of love and grace that we have heard from Paul time and again in his letter to the friends in Ephesus. This is the ice-cold, near-freezing water that no one wants to stay in. But we can't gloss over it. We need to understand why it is so important for us to live our lives to the best of our ability, following the example left to us by Jesus. So right here, there are a lot of people that will use this exact scripture to say that this is what will keep you out of heaven. People will use those two sentences to try and tell you that if you have done something immoral, impure, or greedy, 
that you will not go into heaven. And they'll actually stretch it back to the sexual immorality and, and, and bad jokes and, 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 and terrible words, right? They might try to scare you by telling you that you will end up in hell. They will lay out the scene of what hell looks like and talk about the torture and the awfulness of what could be waiting for you if you don't live your life right, which I would find strange because we just read the verses right before this and Paul is telling us to replace the bad stuff with the good things to get better with God. So why would scaring someone and browbeating someone and pulling somebody down with awful scenes of torture and guilt and and, and terrible things be the way that God wants us to change our lives. It's literally the opposite of what Paul just wrote. So what did Paul explain here? Well, let's first look at the inheritance that he's talking about. Paul uses it one other time in all of his writing, the same word, in a letter that God inspired him to write to the Colossian church. Here's how he used it. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. This is the only time that Paul uses that phrase and it is talking about the reward we get after we're gone. What Paul is talking about isn't about getting into heaven. What Paul is talking about is what happens when we sit at the judgment seat one day and Jesus will reward us for our character and conduct in our lives. What Paul is talking about, or what, is, what he's writing here and talking about, is a sanctification issue, which is about how well we live our lives. At what level do we live our lives? But some people confuse this sanctification issue with a salvation issue, which is the gospel, which is how we are saved from our sin. We all know the gospel, right? Because we have been saying it a ton during this series. And I'm going to say it again. Jesus, God in human form, came down to the earth. He was human, just like you and me. He was tempted. He felt the same frustration and despair in the world that we all have. However, he lived a life completely without sin. He's the one person that lived a life worthy of being in heaven for all of eternity. But here's what happened. Jesus laid his life down to become the perfect sacrifice for us. For all the ways we have sinned, he brought us back with God. He experienced torture up in that cross and gave away his life for all of us so we could avoid an eternity of torture, so we could experience his grace, so we could get salvation. All we have to do to access this grace is listen to the message that he left behind for his disciples and eventually us. All we have to do is simply believe that Jesus did all that for us to receive that grace from him. By receiving that grace, our identity totally changes. We are turned into God's masterpiece. We become worthy. Now that's the long version. Here's the short one. Jesus died to save us from our sins, and when we believe, we experience a life and eternity with God. So the question that we have here when we're going through this stuff in Ephesians that we have to ask ourselves is, does this thing change if I believe in Jesus or not? When we're going through this section of Paul's letter, the answer is a resounding no. If we are doing the wrong things, that doesn't change if we believe in Jesus or not. This does not change the decision we made to believe in Jesus. We're just messing up. There's a huge difference in that. Now, what it will mess with 
are the amount of blessings that you will get once you enter into the kingdom of God someday after you die. That's where it will happen. Also, there are real consequences here in this world for your potential shortcomings, for these things that Paul is talking about. People lose relationships and jobs over being immoral, impure, or greedy. Your life will probably be worse if you are following those things of sexual immorality. So instead, be thankful to God. Let his love flow out of you instead of all that other stuff. But it might not be the easiest thing because the nature of this world, well, it's going to try and show you to do something else. Here's how Paul explains it. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So why does being called out on all this stuff hurt so bad? Why is it so jarring for some of us? Well, because the world has told us it's normal. All these things are okay. It's okay to entertain yourself with these things that Paul says not to. It's okay to pull out your phone and, and watch this thing. So many of the things that we love to spend our time entertaining ourselves are somehow connected to these things that Paul is telling us to turn from. And the world will tell us it's okay. It's okay to watch that video when your wife is gone. Everybody does it. It's okay to listen to the podcast breaking down every single gruesome detail. It's, it's true. It's okay to, to engage in all the ways that make you feel good right now. Live your truth. What happens a lot of times is that we will try and figure out how we can make our way through this world that has different expectations for us. So we kind of live our, our lives in, in, in two sides, right? We want to follow God, but the, the world says this. So we might ask ourselves, or maybe even a trusted friend, is it a sin to do fill in the blank? But really, the question, is this a sin, is just asking, how close can I get to sin without actually sinning? Akuo, I want you to feel this. I'm hoping that something inside of you is talking to you and talking you through how you can make things better in your life. I'm hoping that God is speaking to you right now about this. At the same time, I want you to know that you're not bad, you're not disqualified, you're not unworthy, you're less than, because you aren't the only one dealing with this stuff. I can speak for myself and say that there isn't a single thing in here that we've been talking about today that I haven't dealt with in my life. Some of them I'm still fighting against today, this morning when I woke up. So I just want you to know that as we are talking about this, that you aren't alone. I know that God is messing with me now. I mean, really, he's been messing with me all week on how I can live my life better. And some of these things I'm going to get better with. I know that. But I'm pretty sure some things are going to stay the same. And something might actually get worse because I'm paying attention to all this other stuff. And then something new will show up. Akua, the same thing will probably happen to you. But here's the deal. No one is expecting you to be perfect. So if you think or feel that, I want you to lay that down right now because perfection is not feasible. 
If it were, you wouldn't need Jesus. And everyone needs Jesus. Are you willing to say that you don't need Jesus? Of course not. Cut yourself some slack sometimes. The important thing is that even though you mess up, which you will, is that you continue to turn to God. You will continue to listen to him as you take steps in your life. Because remember, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for us to bring us back into relationship with God. When we lean on him, good things happen. So let's see what Paul has to say next. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So instead of participating in what the world is doing, we are supposed to figure out what pleases God. We're supposed to expose the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. So what are we supposed to do to expose these evil deeds? I mean, are we supposed to like start talking about people behind their, oh yeah, I saw so-and-so, he said a bad word the other day, or I heard he watched this show, or I don't think that's what we're supposed to be doing. I don't even think we're supposed to be like necessarily talking to people's faces about this, at least not in this context, not in what Paul is saying right now. What I think Paul is saying is that the way that we expose this stuff is by how we live. When we live in the light, which is Jesus and everything he has to offer, when we can live in that light following Jesus' example and not like fools, then it will shed light on the evil around us. By our own actions and by the fruit that is born through us through the Holy Spirit, it will be plainly seen by everybody what is good and evil. We aren't producing our own light. We are simply reflecting it. Now, this can get slippery. Because right now, that is the last thing the world and the culture is telling us to do. Everyone on every side of everything is telling us to outrage against the people that are against us. Expose them for the bad things that they are doing. we got to make sure that they know how they are wrong and what they are doing in the wrong way. Paul says the opposite here. Paul says to live in the light and that will expose the evil deeds. Instead of pointing to all of the ways that a person is doing something wrong, show them the good things that is happening in your life. Instead of spending time trying to tear someone down, let people know about the light that is shining through you. For me, there are people that I know, organizations that I have seen that aren't doing things in a way that I think is the best. But here's the deal. I'm not in charge of those organizations and groups out there. I can't make anyone else change what they are doing. But what I can do is show you what God has been speaking to us here at Akuo. What I can do is try and be the best pastor and friend to all of you. What I can do is my best to get out of the way and get you to a place where you can speak to and hear from God. My hope for you isn't that you walk away from one of these services going, man, that Akuo church has the best pastor ever. That guy is awesome. No. My hope is that when you think of Akuo, you will say, that was the place I heard from God. 
My life changed one day because the Holy Spirit was stirring within me to move in this direction on that day. My hope is that it never has anything to do with me and it always has something to do with him. And that's what I hope you can do in your life. It can be less about your accomplishments and abilities and more about leading people to a place where they can hear from God. It can be you living your life in a way where you are reflecting the light of Jesus. Whatever that looks like, that's what I want for you. With that being said, let's see how Paul finishes this out. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul wraps this up and puts a little bow on it for us, right? Think about what you're doing. Don't do what the world says. Follow actual wisdom, the knowledge that comes from God. And do your best every day to do these things. Don't get wasted. Don't get all trashed or faded or whatever you want to call it and taken away from the path that God has for you. Instead, fill it with something better. Fill your life with God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Literally sing songs and then make metaphorical music to the Lord in your heart. And be thankful because you were given the example. You were given the perfect sacrifice. We all were. We were all given Jesus. Now, for, for some of you, for some of us listening right now, you might not have a connection to that example right now. You might not have a connection to this new way of living your life because you might not believe in Jesus. Now, if that's you, first off, thank you for listening to this. I'm grateful that you were willing to spend some time with us here today thinking about these things and, and being a good seeker of what it is that you're being called to right now. But if you want more than what you have right now, if you would like to be a part of the eternal plan that God has, if you would like to better understand what it feels like to be infinitely loved, then I'd like to help walk you through receiving that. To do that, all you have to do is have a conversation with Jesus. That's it. And then just let him know that you believe. And what I want to do right now is lead you in that conversation. And to get some help, I'm actually going to ask the rest of the Akua community to pray along with you. Because here at Akua Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community there with you to go through all this tough stuff with you. So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus, just go ahead and say this between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now, for the rest of us believers, whether you've believed in Jesus for the last five seconds or the last five decades, I want you to do something. 
And the reason we're going to do this is because, guys, our name is a kuo for a reason. It means to listen. So we want to be listening to God every chance we get. That's the whole reason we exist. This church exists. Now, because of that, I want to give you a simple question to ask God. And then after that, I'm going to give you a minute to allow yourself some time to hear from God. Now, for some reason, I come back before you're done. Just pause it and you can keep on listening to the Lord and you don't have to listen to me. So I want you to ask this question. God, can you show me how I need to change? Thank you so much for being here today. Before we go, there are a few things that I would like to share with you. The first thing I want to talk about are our community groups because we talk about them every week because it's one of the most important things that you can be doing here at Akuo Church. We exist so people can be in community with Jesus and one another and community groups are all about being with one another and then you get to be with one another and then the one another helps push you into being in community with Jesus better. Now, one of the groups that I want to spotlight or put a spotlight on this week, is the Deco Group. They meet every single Monday at 7 o'clock. And what they do is meet to grow in community with Jesus and one another. The Deco Group also seeks opportunities to serve the local community as a reflection of God's transforming love. And at Deco Group, there is always an open seat waiting for you. So if you're interested in joining this group, go to akuo.church community to get signed up. Now, this might not be the right group for you. You might be busy on Monday nights or you might have other things going on, but we will have other groups that will fit you and your life. So you can see all the groups that we currently have available at akuo.church community. 
And guys, I say this all the time because it's absolutely true. Joining one of these groups might be the best thing that you do when you're here at Akuo, next to like getting to know who Jesus is and, and all that good stuff. And the next thing I want to talk about is the big event that we have coming up in just a few weeks. It's our third annual Trunk or Treat. And this is going to happen on Saturday, October the 29th, from 3 to 6 p.m. in the parking lot outside of the church. We would love to have you be a part of this because this is so much fun. You could help us with making sure cars get in and out of the parking lot safely. You could have your own trunk available to hand out candy. You could help us set things up or tear them down, or you could also donate candy or put money towards the supplies we will need for this event. Now to sign up for any of these things that are gonna be happening at our trunk or treat, our third annual trunk or treat, you can go to our website or you can scan the QR code that we have on the screen, or like I said, go to our website, akuo.church slash sign up. Now, if you're looking to drop off candy, we will be collecting it at church on October the 16th. We can't wait to link to our community for this event alongside each and every one of you. Now, in addition to being able to spend some time making that event happen, you could also help by giving your time to one of our A-teams. You could be part of our worship or production team, you know, going and hanging out with Abel all the time. You could serve on our Koo Kids A team and hang out with Alyssa, or you could be a part of our hospitality A team, which is welcoming people uh, uh, in the parking lot, all kinds of good stuff like that, helping set up and tear down things. To be a part of any of those things, you can scan the QR code on the screen, or you can go to our website and click on the A team sign up under the Get Involved drop down menu. Now the next thing I'd like to do is talk about all the ways that we can be sacrificially generous here at Cool. Like you saw right there, you can sacrificially give some time or you can sacrificially give some resources in addition to that. Now I don't care how you're doing it, what I want you to do is to be listening to God to see how much he wants you to be giving in the ways that he wants you to do it. If you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here to Kuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering of the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be a place where you get started. But guys, I understand. Things are tough right now. The, the market is going crazy. Prices are going up. Inflation is nuts. Gas prices are, are down right now, but they could go up. Like who, who knows where things are going to go. So I understand right now that you might need some help. You might need some things, and we want to be linked to you during your tough time right now. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know, and we would like to get linked to them. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send us an email at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210 8785. Now, if you are willing to give here to Kuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. Then when you get there, you can click on the giving link. Then once you click on the giving link, just go ahead and follow all the instructions that you will see on the screen. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text akuo, A-K-O-U-O, on the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. I just want you to know 
that I love and appreciate all of you and me and the rest of the Akua team will be praying for you all week long. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So I just ask Jesus as, as these folks leave and, and, and turn off their phones and their TVs and uh, close up their tablets or whatever it is that they are listening to my voice on right now. I pray that you would be speaking to them and I pray that they would hear you. I pray that you would show them all the ways that they can be improving their life. I pray that you would allow them to be this amazing mirror that is just reflecting your light on all the people around them, Lord. I pray that people would be able to look at them and the life that they are leading and understand that they are following you. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We pray for everybody here that your love would overflow from them to everybody around them. We love you, Lord, and we pray all these holy things. We pray these things in your holy and precious name, Jesus. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you at a community group. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.